And we're back with another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. The real kickoff to Season 5 of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Joe Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Some great shows on the queue. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts on and on radio stations worldwide, including this special episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, combined with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. So go ahead and check us out on either of those channels. Plus also as well, the Lakers Fast Break, where we cover the NBA and the Lakers like no one else. Also as well, the Domination Sports Nation. Go ahead and check out Chris Ardieri and his awesome son, Dom, as they go ahead and cover the sports world like no one else. Right there for you at the Domination Sports Nation. If you got any questions for us, always ISFF right there for you. ISFantasyFootball at Yahoo.com or Inside Sports FF on Twitter. That's ISFantasyFootball at Yahoo.com or Inside Sports FF on Twitter. We're also on Threads. We're also on Instagram. And also, you can go ahead on the Pop Culture Cosmos where you see this video on YouTube. Please subscribe today on YouTube at the Pop Culture Cosmos so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. With the latest inside sports, fantasy football. Well, I'm tell you what, it's going to be another great season on hand of inside sports, fantasy football. The ISFF is back, and just glad to go ahead and see that the games are going to be for real here in the not too distant future. September 7th is when the NFL season starts, and we are here today to go ahead and give you a special one-hour preview on what to look forward to, the trends, the good and the bad, and the strategies you might implement in your upcoming fantasy football draft. And here today to talk about all the great things that you can know about fantasy football. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out along with his awesome son, Dominic Lardieri. It is Chris Lardieri. And Chris, back again for a fifth season officially of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Great to be back. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I can't believe it's five seasons already. I don't know where the time's going. I'll tell you what, it started with uh, the Pater podcast I did. I just had a great time doing that. You were doing the Inside Sports shows yourself, and you were having a great time doing that as well. We decided to go ahead and merge these these shows together due to circumstance, and it's been a great time. It has become so large and so huge fantasy football. I know we just go back on the nostalgia trip to start every season about back to when we were doing it on the 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 books, the magazines, and had it all notebooks, and did it all on paper, and we're looking on newspapers and all that other stuff as far as magazines, 500, 700-page magazines as far as trying to look through it all to make sure we got the right guy. Well, those days are long in the past for many of us. Today, it's all about digital. We're doing it on apps. We're doing it online. There's money involved. Maybe not. It's either for free leagues, paid leagues, keeper leagues. There's different uh, associations as far as PPR or we're talking about Superflex. You know, all these different things that are out there. It's so much more complicated out there for a lot of individuals if they are really, really want to get into it. But for the casual players... I still can say without a doubt that if you just want to go into a league and play, Chris, you could do just that. Absolutely. And I think the only 
stipulation I'd add to that is you've got to have some sort of a PPR league. I've been playing so long. I remember there wasn't even a half a point or a point per reception. So uh, as long as your league has that, whatever scoring combinations you want to use, whether it's four or six for a throwing touchdown, super flex, get rid of the tight end, get rid of the kicker. Um, some leagues have individual defensive players. I really don't care as long as you've got some form of PPR. Absolutely. So again, if you're just a casual player out there, you, you see all these acronyms and letters being floated around, you know, don't worry. Just go to an ESPN, go to a Yahoo, or go to a well-known fantasy football site, start up, get in the middle of a draft, and just have fun. Because that's what it comes down to, my friend. A lot of people take this seriously, like becomes their life. I understand it. I get that. But for millions of us out there, they're just playing on the weekend just to have some. Absolutely. And as we said over the years on this show, it's a reason to watch football. I mean, there were years when, I don't know, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars weren't great, but you know, maybe you had one of their receivers or uh, their kicker, for instance. It gave you a reason to watch the game. I know you know, a lot of degenerate gamblers have that same logic when it comes to betting on football. But I feel with fantasy football um, – it's a different story or you're, you're watching the game you're sometimes you're even looking for players you watch a game maybe a running back gets hurt his backup comes in like hey this guy looks pretty good i think i want him on my fantasy team so it's not just rooting for a team to cover the spread or go over under on a point total i mean you're really getting into the granularity of what players are going to do well this week for me well i'm looking forward to it my friend absolutely great season already the questions are are bound Somebody in the chat through the wire is actually going to start his first, possibly contemplating his first fantasy football league. I was just going to put it in the chat, but I'll just say it out here. Start off with a free loop. Keep it low stress. Keep it low cost. Just go into a free league with ESPN or Yahoo. Go with the basis there. Just get in a random league. Or if you have a one with your friends where they're just going to keep it just cool and calm and, and nobody's going to get really just out of hand on it then go ahead and do that. But if you just get in a random league, you go ahead. The draft is really the fun part for everybody out there. Whether or not you stick to it week after week after week, that's where the separation of players is. So first thing I tell people, just go and try and do what you can to have fun. Stay involved with your league. Week in, week out. P players will always drop off after about five or six weeks because they feel they can have no chance. With the extra week added in, I can tell you safely, my friend, as you and I have both experienced in recent years, it doesn't matter if you start off slow, you always have a chance to compete and win in fantasy football. Absolutely. I mean, last year in our league together, Dom and I, our, our team is doing really well. And what happened the first week of the playoffs, we picked the wrong quarterback. We didn't start uh, Trevor Lawrence in the rain in the Meadowlands and you end up beating us. And one great season goes out the window. The key with fantasy football is a lot like with some of these other sports that have so many teams that make the playoffs. The goal is to get into the playoffs. Once you get there, it's a brand new season. So don't despair if you start 0-3, 1-4. I mean, sometimes there's a player you can get out on waivers or swing a trade. It'll turn your whole season around. Absolutely. And what I'm doing in the chat is I'm actually going to post a link for those that are looking as far as for easy references. I'm going to post the ESPN. Uh, link for their top fantasy football rankings. I think they're top 200 players. That gives you an idea exactly what to lo look for. 
I'm also going to give you out there a, a chance if you're in the chat to go ahead and look at this. This is the fantasy football leaders from last season, which you can use as a reference as well. So that should give you the basis while you're going ahead and choosing or picking out or waiting or selecting as far as who you want to go ahead and choose for the, uh, the you know, their next player. Plus it gives you between drafts, fantasy football drafts always seem to go slow, Chris. So it always gives you a chance for your next one, two picks, not only to investigate exactly what players of need you're looking at, but also if those players are healthy and ready to play some games for their respective teams. Absolutely. And if you're you're doing a draft, whether it be online or in person, uh, have your phone, tablet, computer, whatever it is with you, because once you make that one pick and you look at who you've taken, who you've got left on your draft board, it's time to strategize. All right. Do I need another receiver here? Do I need a running back? And when you really get into those mid to late rounds and you're looking at a running back and you're like, hey, I, I like this guy. He did well last year. Why is he still out there? What happened? I, by all means, Google, you know, look on Twitter, see maybe he got demoted a day before on the depth chart, or maybe he tweaked the hammy and it's unknown how long he'll be out for a week or a month. So you've always got to do your diligence. There's a reason guys fall in fantasy football. And for the most part, it has something to do with some sort of news. I mean, you, there are those rare occasions where you're like, this guy's fallen. Has everyone forgotten about him? And, and you'll get those occasional steals. But either way, be prepared to do your diligence in between picks. Once again, it is Chris Ardieri from Domination Sports Nation. Go ahead and check him out today, wherever you get your podcasts. Him and his son do an awesome job. So please go ahead and check out Chris and Dom with the Domination Sports Nation, wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start off the conversation as far as from a broad basis on fantasy football, the area that for years has traditionally been the go-to position for the majority of team owners out there, and that is running back. The position of running back has changed and evolved. A lot of people will tell you has not evolved for the best due to the more reliance from the virtual majority of teams out there on the passing game. So the reliance on a running back is not as prevalent as it once was. So therein lies the conundrum, my friend. The running backs are still a wanted commodity, but the draft pool of expected running backs that we can be sure of outside of injury to get you numbers has seemingly dwindled in, in, in recent years, and especially this year, from what they once were to what they are now. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like every year up until the last maybe year or two, there'd be a running back at the top of the top of the consensus draft boards in the preseason. And this year, I don't see that. I see it's any number of wide receivers. I see some running backs that are near the top, but – uh, like you said, between the injuries, the running back by committees that a lot of teams have, there aren't those proverbial studs that are out there. I mean, we had Derek Henry, and I feel now as his career goes on, maybe he's uh, got a little tread on those tires and he's starting to slow down. But, I mean, for instance, we had Austin Eckler last year. He was a clear number one. He also caught the ball out of the backfield. Great pick for our team. He's back again this year, you know, kind of ticked off with his contract situation. But hard to say, you know, with a new offensive coordinator, I'm sure that'll benefit him. But, I mean, there was Christian McCaffrey, for instance, but he's injury prone. So 
not like the old days where, you know, in, in his prime, you'd say like, all right, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's a guy you could take at the top, someone like that. We don't have that anymore. And so what you're seeing now is the the quote unquote experts out there have caught on and said, you know what, uh, you got to pick top three, whether it's a 10 or 12 team league with a snake draft, you better get yourself a stud wide receiver and worry about a, a running back in the second or third round because you're you're not going to get the bang for your buck other than a handful of running backs, like you mentioned. That's something I want to talk to you about because for casual players, those familiar names like Ezekiel Elliott, who just signed with the Patriots. So who knows whether or not he's going to get the opportunity to start play a lot, or if he's going to be a backup, the traditional big names that have normally been for the past five, seven years, the names to go to in your fantasy draft are no longer the case. And for casual players, just saying, oh, my gosh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, he's not on my list of the top three rounds. What's going on? And, you know, he's, I'm just throwing him as an example, but there are other names that are just like, you know, familiar names that are not going to be there at the top. Or if you try to select them at the top, will definitely not be a good thing for you to choose that far up in the draft. Absolutely. And I mean... Another guy in the news recently is Dalvin Cook. I mean, he was great with the Vikings. They got rid of him. He was a salary cap casualty. The Jets turn around and pick him up, and you think, wow, he'll be great with Aaron Rodgers. Well, they've got this rookie who, were it not for a knee injury, probably would have been rookie of the year last year named Brees Hall. So uh, will Cook be the feature back in New York? Maybe if Hall's still recuperating. What I've seen online the last few days, it looks like he's running well, but uh, he's not going to be the primary back with the Jets this year. And, you know, a year or two ago, you might have wanted to take him knowing he was the main guy in Minnesota. So, um, yeah, look at names of guys you like. But like we said earlier, do your homework. Cook, like look you at said. that depth chart. Yep. Got to gotta just look at those depth charts and see where these guys fit into their their new teams or even if there's a, a coaching change or an injury or some other issue going on. People also need to be aware, Chris, about players since the running back position has changed to where there's a lot more opportunity for a player to achieve some short-term success. Let's say a third or fourth rounder rookie or someone that's been lower on the depth chart, like, you know, sitting in the back waiting to go ahead and be a, a big time player or an undrafted kid that literally they just get off the street and just put them in the starting lineup and they can flourish. It all depends on the offense, the offensive scheme. We've seen that in recent years where these total unknowns or unexpected players in traditionally years gone by who would not be able to thrive. Now all of a sudden you could pull out a thousand yard, seven, eight, 10 touchdown season from some of these guys. And those guys, you have to be aware of that, you know, maybe during the second or third or fourth game season, you pick them up and they can really go a long way for you on your team. Yeah, absolutely. Don't judge a body of work based on the first couple of weeks of the season. And more importantly to that, you know, not a lot of people realize this. There are three preseason games and every team is a bye week that Labor Day weekend before the season starts. So that's one less game with reps. The three games these teams play, for the most part, the starters maybe play a series or two, if not at all, like Sean McVay has liked to do with the Rams. So um, really weeks one and two are almost like preseason for some of these guys getting into game shape, getting accustomed to a new offense, a new quarterback, whatever the case is. 
for the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is Chris Sardieri and me, Gerald Glassford. It is Inside Sports Fantasy Football, our 2023 fantasy football preview. Thanks so much for joining us on both the Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Pop Culture Cosmos channels. Truly appreciate everyone around the world checking us out all over the place on radio and podcasts. Our first question of the day, my friend, because the fantasy football fans, they're coming. They always come, and it's always great to hear from them. You can always go ahead, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or insidesportsff on Twitter, slash X. You can go ahead and ask us questions at any time on that. Yad Hirvpada, uh, Yad Virpada, says, trade away Eckler for Lamb and Waller. His current tight end situation is Taysom Hill, and current running backs are Sanders, Madison, and Jamal Williams. This is for a PPR. Your thoughts on that, my friend? You know, I don't think that's a bad idea. Being a Giant fan, I know they're very optimistic about Waller and Camp, but the the X factor with him is, is he going to stay healthy? That was his problem in Vegas with the Raiders. But I, I think it's worth looking into, especially because, as you know, we alluded to with Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison's now the guy in Minnesota. So I feel like, yeah, you're giving up Eckler, but uh, I, I almost feel like there might be some sort of reversion to the mean with Eckler. He had such a great year last year with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think Herbert was throwing more short passes last year with Lombardi as offensive coordinator, whereas I think uh, Kellen Moore will probably want him to air it out. Um, You may call me nuts, but went to training camp with Dom uh, a couple weekends ago and saw Herbert with his his band of receivers, and he looks as great as ever, and he was throwing deep. So uh, not to diminish Eckler's value or potential this year, but uh, I do think what you're getting in return could be a fair equal, if not maybe greater value. What do you think, Gerald? And Eckler's situation is so tough to gauge right now. So can you get everybody up to speed on that? Because that that was – I brought up – I was going to have this conversation with you tonight. Austin Eckler was, you know, his tenuous situation – heading into these fantasy football drafts. A lot of people are asking about his contract situation and the like. Your thoughts on what's going on with Austin Eckler? You know, I, I think, didn't he organize that whole Zoom call or whatever it was with all the yes, disgruntled all the running, running backs? backs. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think that, the impetus for that was Saquon Barkley getting franchised and then saying, I'm not showing up, and then a week goes by and they come to terms on a one-year deal that everyone thought was fair. But Yeah, that um, call worked out well, didn't it? Yeah, it, it's just it's just the market. It's the way the football free market has been working. They devalue running backs when it comes to salary cap, partially because they spend so much on quarterbacks and the offensive linemen that protect them, pass rushers on defense. So the price of running backs has been pushed down. Because they see uh, it as more interchangeable than other positions. Exactly. And a lot, as we said, a lot of these teams don't think you need a stud start starting running back like the Cowboys had with Elliott. And then they look and, Oh, look, we got Tony Pollard. It was not a first round pick out of Ohio state like Zeke. And we feel there's more value there. They're inner, you know, they can be replaced. So whether the chargers have that, I don't know, but judging by what they just paid Justin Herbert, um, they're not going to pay Eckler. So, Will he be disgruntled? Will he really be paying for money? I'm not sure, but uh, just found it ironic that kind of Saquon Barkley was the poster child for this whole Eckler call, and then a week later went by the wayside, and we didn't hear much out of it after that. But uh, 
he's I don't see him getting a payday with the Chargers. Maybe he's looking to uh, to set the market as a free agent. But even then, once there's a certain age in the NFL and teams aren't going to admit this, uh, they're not going to pay running backs over a certain age or a certain number of carries or yards. They just feel like they're a car and they've got too many miles on them. Before we go ahead and talk about the quarterbacks, which is a major part of what we're going to be talking about this season in fantasy football is every year, whether or not it's uh, injuries or surprises or top performers, quarterback is always a position that we like to talk about on the show. Yadvir has one more quick question. Mike Evans for Pitts. I would probably lean at Mike Evans for Pitts. I just, there was a receiver for... It was Gage, Russell Gage. That's right. Uh, so Mike Evans is probably, if that's the case, Mike Evans might get more uh, volume, I should say, because of that injury. So your thoughts on Mike Evans for Pitts? So normally I'd like Evans. The, the problem, and, and I agree with you, he'll probably have more looks now that Gage is out. Um, it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask at quarterback. It's not Tom Brady anymore. So um, you've got to worry about it from that perspective. I like Pitts. I had him last year. He underachieved. Now, I'm not saying Desmond Ritter is lights out better than either of the Tampa quarterbacks, but I do feel in that offense and with the arrival of uh, B. John Robinson, you would think Pitts is uh, not going to be as easy to key on as he was in previous years. So I think at the very least, Pitts probably has more upside than Evans. There you go. Absolutely. Well, he's leaning. I'm leaning more Mike Evans. I think he still has at least one more top year to go. But you're right, the quarterback situation there is tenuous. Baker Mayfield can find some of the magic he had with the Rams. Speaking of what we're talking about with quarterbacks, my friend, quarterbacks in new places, but also as well, quarterback as a position as a whole, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and of course, Patrick Mahomes have solidified themselves as the top three quarterbacks out there. You know me, I prioritize quarterbacks higher than most people as far as reaching for them in the draft sooner than most people like. It's worked out for me for the most part for the teams that I've actually been able to choose more times than not. It's worked out for me. I will say, though, that with a player like Derek Carr, who has left the Raiders lifestyle for New Orleans, for him it's going to be interesting because they can't seem to field a healthy running back on that team. Your thoughts on Derek Carr before we get into some really heavy talk on who's at the top of the list for quarterbacks? You know, on paper, you would think, uh, definitely agree the running back situation in New Orleans is cause for concern. But, you know, he's got weapons, especially at wide receiver, uh, like Olave a lot. But um, it's Derek Carr. You never know what you're going to get with him. I mean, he had one lights out year with the Raiders. Everyone thought John Gruden was going to fix him when the team moved to Vegas. He's just never been able to put it together. Was it a Raider thing? Uh, Was it coaching? I'm not quite sure, but I'm not as high on him as a fantasy quarterback as others might be. Um, I'm sure they'll miss Kamara in that offense, but uh, I just feel like... He has no choice but to pass, right? Yeah, that's that's what they're going to have to do for now. But I, I think, too, like... He, he just strikes me as a guy who, when no one's open downfield, his default is to dump or look over the middle. And, I mean, that benefited Darren Waller when he was healthy a few years ago in Vegas. Uh, might be good for whoever uh, the Saints tight end is these, these days besides Taysom Hill. But I just – I don't know how he's going to put it together with that team in New Orleans. Um, not trying to knock Carr, but I think this is kind of a make-or-break situation for him. 
That's true. He, a problem child, he has looked good in the preseason, but that's another thing before we get into the quarterbacks. How much can you take from preseason? A lot of fantasy football owners, especially on the inexperienced side, they always have, oh, wow, he looked really good in preseason game. And, you know, it's, it's to me, when you talk about preseason games, it's usually not what you should be seeing. It's, it's, it's to me, there's some, I only take little tidbits as far as players who may be able to contribute maybe on the back end of my draft and things of that nature. But I don't take as much as other coaches, other team owners, other fantasy football players may from the, what goes on during the exhibition season. Yeah, I don't take much at all. I mean, I'll casually watch games here or there if there's not a heck of a lot else on. And, you know, um, baseball these days doesn't seem to be as compelling as a preseason game. But honestly, unless it's like Anthony Richardson starting against the Bills last week and, you know, hearing some feedback about, oh, he made a bad throw, and then the guy ends up getting named starter anyway. So uh, I think even what the teams are feeding you, what they say about preseason performance is a lot of smokescreen too. So, not a lot other than, I mean, for me, I think the biggest story of the preseason was Joe Burrow tweaking his calf and no one really knowing how long he'd be out for him. That had nothing to do with the preseason game. So for me, I think it's more like health or maybe a guy coming back from an injury, like I mentioned earlier, Brees Hall. Maybe you want to monitor if he gets a few reps, right? He looks like he's good. He looks like he's still got that speed or you know, a quarterback maybe uh, improving their accuracy or if they're arm didn't look as strong the year before. Maybe you can get something like that. For the most part, I think it has little or no value. I'm here with Chris Sardieri from the Domination Sports Nation. It is the quarterback position we're talking about right now, which is a major part of what you should be looking at during the fantasy football season. Some players, they they hold off on quarterbacks. Some owners, they hold off to later rounds thinking, ah, I can just get a guy who's going to throw me 25 touchdowns. I'm all good. I'm all good. I prioritize a little bit higher. Obviously, I mentioned the first names that should have fantastic seasons when you have Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. It just It's interesting, oh, my friend. Jalen Hurts is getting a lot more press in regards to possibly being ahead of Mahomes and Allen. Your thoughts on possibly having Jalen Hurts as the number one option for quarterbacks this upcoming fantasy football draft. I yeah, I don't think that's out of line at all, and I would have never said that last year. And the reason being is while Mahomes runs a lot and he gets his running touch, his fair share of running touchdowns, he nowhere near is going to have the production running-wise that Hurts will. And I'm going to go off on a little editorial rant here, but you know, when the NFL refuses to change the law that a goal-line offense turns into a rugby match and uh, half the team can push Hurts into the end zone, I think as a fantasy owner, you have to take that into account. That's good for Hertz. I mean, it's still legal. I don't fault the Eagles for trying it, but um, Hertz is definitely going to benefit from that. And I think, too, uh, another year under his belt, I think he's only going to get better. And let's face it, he plays in the NFC. It's the inferior conference. So competition-wise, I think he's poised to put up some big numbers again this year. All I say is how Ron Rivera keeps finding a job in the league as a head coach is still is beyond me. Uh, and keeping and Yeah, and keeping it. Uh, you know what, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, you know, I know he's laid the heavy on on his team this year, and they're all complaining. But you know, if you had the record of the Commanders, they need all the the hard guys to go ahead and be 
tough as they can be right now because they need all the help they can get there in, in the D.C. area. Uh, I do want to go ahead and say, though, I agree with you that Hurts is primed to have a great season once again. Uh, it could be very well that he ends up being the number one quarterback in the league. But my gosh, man, it's so hard to stray away from Mahomes. Mahomes has been doing it in, in just in and every, every year, regardless of health, regardless of issues. He's been the primary mover. He looks like he's still able to go ahead and be at the top of the league once again. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I mean, at that point, it's probably a matter of personal preference, and there's no wrong answer if you ask me. But uh, I, I do feel the gap between Mahomes and Hertz has narrowed, and and not just on the field. You saw it in the Super Bowl last year, but in fantasy land. So uh, if you're in that position and you're able to pick either of those guys, just enjoy it. Be happy. You should, Yeah, absolutely, because I think there's a lot of uh, good quarterbacks at, at the top of the charts that can really get you going. And definitely we'll go ahead and cover that more in the coming weeks right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. But once again, it is Chris Lardieri. Please go ahead and check him out today along with his awesome son, Dominic Lardieri. You can go ahead and check them both out at the Domination Sports Nation. It is, of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the true kickoff. Give you some teasers right after the draft and all that. But this is the true start to Season 5 of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. The Fantasy Football Preview now on the Pop Culture Cosmos and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. I do want to ask you, though, Chris, when it comes to some sleeper quarterbacks, as was mentioned in the chat, mm -hmm. who are some quarterbacks that you're keeping an eye on possibly being there for you in the middle rounds, maybe the four, five, six, seven, eight rounds of your draft that you think can really play at a great level this upcoming season? Sure. So let me preface this by saying, Gerald, I was one of those guys who say you can wait and get a quarterback. I did it last year. We got Russell Wilson, and our team was crap for the rest of the season. Uh, and in an, another league, we ended up having to use Geno Smith and Trevor Lawrence. We got far with those guys, but by the end of the season, I was like, can I just squeeze another five, ten points out of my quarterback? So I don't think it's crazy to reach. It's not like the old days 20 years ago where you can take a quarterback at one or two and people wouldn't look at you funny. But uh, I do think once the Hertzes and the Mahomes of the world – come off the board, you better start looking at a quarterback because everyone's going to follow suit. But, you know, you could still wait. You can't wait till the eighth round like the good old days. But like you said, you got to be in the, the fourth, fifth, sixth round eyeing a guy who's a tier two, tier three quarterback. Um, I don't know if this guy's underrated. I've mentioned him twice tonight. I had him last year, but I think this is the year Trevor Lawrence makes the leap. He's kind of forgotten because he plays in the AFC, plays in the atrocious AFC South. But I really like what I saw from him last year. Uh, I, I think uh, barring Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is I'm, I'm being kind of uh, uh, 
neutral on that. I could say a lot more, but um, I, I think this is a year he makes a jump. Year three, I think he really he learned Doug Peterson's offense. This is a team that could have easily beaten the one ankle Mahomes in the division playoff game last year, but uh, I think he's only going to get better. I mean, uh, and and I don't want to say he's kind of a sleeper, but I feel like people are sleeping on him with the the stud quarterbacks in the AFC. You know, after Mahomes, you've got. Burrow and Herbert and Allen, and it's almost like he's fallen by the wayside. So that's one guy I definitely keep an eye on. There's also for me, I think, as far as a quarterback that I think people should look out for. I, I no, I he had such a good season. A lot of people are already writing him off to doing it again. But Geno Smith, Geno Smith again. When Russell Wilson left, people thought, oh, this guy's a career backup. He's not going to do anything, but he has the career season of his life. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Absolutely happy for him because, again, of what he was thought to be, he turned out to be something else. I think he can do it again or something close to that. I'm not expecting 30 and 11, maybe something like 25 and 15. Something like that, throwing for you know three thousand plus yards gets you good numbers. A solid, steady starter on a pretty good fantasy football team. Your thoughts? Can Geno Smith strike twice once again for Seattle? I think he can. And you know, with Kenneth Walker, the starter at running back for a full season, they drafted a wide receiver. Um, I think he's got the weapons. And then too, Geno is always a threat to run, so he can get you some running touchdowns too. So if you are going to wait, I, I think that's a good alternative. I know some people, if you want to go a little deeper, are optimistic on the way Kenny Pickett played in Pittsburgh down the stretch, and they think you know his sophomore season's going to be a big one. That might be another like that's kind of more of a deep sleeper that people may want to keep an eye on. Um, I saw some quote unquote experts talking about Anthony Richardson, and look, I, I think he's a phenomenal talent, and he has the ability to be kind of like a a Hertz type player. But the guy's so inexperienced. I think he played twelve games in college. I would not draft him as a QB one. You want to take a flyer and speculate on him as your backup. Great. But uh, I caution people from believing the hype on him. I don't care how physically talented he is. The NFL is a way different game than college. All right. I'll ask you since you're a New York giants fan, my friend, Mm -hmm. he's sitting there still. It's been several years now. You finally started to see some semblance of a top tier quarterback. Didn't say he was a top-tier quarterback. I said you started to see some semblance of it, especially when it comes to rushing touchdowns at seven last year. It is, of course, Daniel Jones. Your thoughts, my friend? Is this the make-or-break year for him, for the New York Giants? It is. I know they gave him a ridiculous contract, but uh, there's kind of an out after year two, so I think this is phase one of his his next trial to see. Like, look, we we – drafted Jalen Hyatt we got got you Darren Waller we got Saquon back for one more year let's make a run I think from a fantasy perspective I agree he's definitely got value running wise I mean seven running touchdowns or his career high Um, my concern with him though is just the accuracy and the turnovers he cut down on them last year but you're always gonna have to deal with that I don't envision him as a QB one but I also advocate you know even if you got a stud QB like Mahomes or Hertz or or Allen those guys could get hurt at any time. We've seen it happen in the playoffs. We saw it happen in preseason this year. I, I think he's a, a good number two. If you can, you know, kind of be patient and wait around and not have to rely on him to be your anchor quarterback, he's a good serviceable backup and can fill in a bye week or if there's an injury. 
one name that keeps getting tossed about in the chat right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and Inside Sports Fantasy Football is Jimmy Garoppolo, who is now the guy here in Las Vegas. Your thoughts on this? I, I mentioned in the chat if Devontae Adams stays upright, he could have a pretty good season because, you know, Josh Jacobs seems to be the persona non grata right now when it comes to fantasy football drafts. Your thoughts, though, on what Jimmy Garoppolo can do this season? I think there's value there. And he's one of these guys that kind of gets forgotten. And if you're lucky to have him as a backup, sometimes down the stretch, he's your starter. As long as he's healthy, he puts up I put around 10 to 15. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'd be happy to have him on my team. Don't want him as a starter. If, if that's the case, I, I would hope it's a case where, you know, not that I want my starter to get hurt, but he's, you're forced to start him because of an injury. Um, I do agree with you. I, I think Adams will benefit him. The whole Josh Jacobs thing, though, kind of worries me. If they can get that straightened out and they can get him playing and off of Austin Eckler's disgruntled Zoom call, um, I think that bodes well for Garoppolo. But again, with him, given his age and his injury history, uh, if you're going to take a flyer on him and really want to wait and make him your starter, you better go get a backup shortly thereafter. One of the things that we got to talk about before we head on out, my friend, and there's still plenty more to talk about on today's show Inside Sports Fantasy Football, truly appreciate you joining us once again, is Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs. We talked about name running backs who are no longer are at the top of the fantasy football list. Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs both had great seasons last year, but their futures are a little bit in question, whether it's regarding what they feel, what they've been saying off the, off the field, their futures, their directives from their teams changing priorities, things of that nature. I have seen Josh Jacobs and also Austin Eckler near or at the top of people's do not draft list. So your thoughts on both those guys once and for all, we'll get it out of the way. Your thoughts on Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler this season. I wouldn't put them on a do not draft list. That said, I wouldn't take them as high as you normally would, all things being equal. You know, maybe if they follow you later in the first round or early second round, grab them because as we mentioned earlier, these are clear cut bona fide number one RB ones, and they're going to put up numbers, whether they're disgruntled or not, these guys have to play. There's money on the line. So, um, you know, the cynic in me sometimes wonders if uh, what Saquon and Jacobs have done is just, uh, I don't feel like going to training camp. I want a couple of weeks off. It'll, it'll freshen me. I don't want to be out there in the heat and humidity or whatever the case is this summer. So um, I, I don't think you can avoid them at all costs because let's say you pass on them. Who's better than them? I mean, Tony Pollard is a starter in Dallas, but he's never been for a full season before. Um, I like a guy like Nick Chubb. I think he could put up numbers, but with Deshaun Watson back, will that affect Chubb's touches? There are a lot of question marks behind them. So it's kind of hard to pass on guys like that, but to take them, Number three, number four in the first round. No, I wouldn't do that. Fair enough. Uh, I would not either right now. They're kind of like very tenuous what they're doing, what their position is. So if you can get them in the third round, you might want to go ahead and look there. If second round, maybe late second round, that's when you got to start thinking about them as possibilities because of what if everything gets centered if everything gets right with those two in their situations in both los angeles and las vegas respectively then things will be a lot better for you you can pull out with someone that could be a top line running back for you 
Yeah, and I mean, if, if they last past the second round, jump for joy. I mean, I think the poster child for all this is Le'Veon Bell. He completely regrets just taking a year off and was never the same, and I thought he was going to make all this money. So at some point, I mean, these guys are going to have to ball out. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to suck it up. And, you know, I know in the grand scheme of things, they don't get paid what a Justin Herbert or a Jimmy Garoppolo get paid, but uh, they're getting paid millions of dollars regardless, and – uh they know their shelf life is only so long. One of the things I want to ask you is about the wide receiver position. Justin Jefferson, he carried me to a championship game and was just sensational last season. He is now, and get this, my friend, uh, it's one of the few times I've ever seen a definitive number one in fantasy football be a wide receiver. You know, back in the day when you and I first started playing, wide receivers were considered a dime a dozen, and you could probably get three or four and in the middle rounds, and there you go. You're all good. Now these days, it's gotten to the point because the way, like we talked about on this show, the changing priorities of the NFL, where the passing game has become more and more a part of what we're doing or what we're seeing, the quarterback and the wide receiver have become the most paramount positions in fantasy football. So your thoughts on this, my friend, the wide receiver position is really something that you need to take a look at and need to prioritize as an importance for most fantasy football leagues. You absolutely do. And in doing my research for our uh, season opening episode, I looked at a number of different draft boards and preseason rankings and there's Jefferson. If he's not number one, he's not, he's number two. And, I can't say I'm entirely surprised. Um, the guy's looking to get paid majorly. Adam Thielen's gone in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins loves throwing to him, and I think his production is going to be huge. I mean, we'll roll it back a year. Dom and I were sitting there debating, looking at each other. It's our turn to pick. Do we want Cooper Cup? We've had before him we love, or do we want Justin Jefferson? We ultimately decided to go with Cup. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't think you can go wrong with Jefferson. I mean, you know. I didn't. <laughs> you're you're living proof but i i mean you look you look even past those two guys jamar chase is really ranked highly and yes. i don't i don't disagree with it but i'm with you like 20 years ago if you were to take a jerry rice number one people would look at you like you're crazy even though jerry rice is probably the greatest receiver of all time um back then you didn't do those sorts of things no not at all and the wide receiver was just someone that you could use as filler you know because there was so many wide receivers that, you know, an 800 yard season would be considered like a pretty good season, a really good season if for many fantasy football owners. And that's what they were. Now these days you're looking at a thousand, 1100, 1200 on up as far as being really good seasons for you and being productive seasons. So you need to make sure you have that depth at the wide receiver position, because again, even though most leagues are still at the traditional two wide receiver two re running back base, I've heard of some leagues changing and adopting to the different kind of styles, what's going on with the passing and a predominant amount of passing and kind of leading towards a more wide receiver focused offense for their team owners. Yeah. And that's definitely another trend that's morphed out of what's changed in the NFL itself. I mean, besides the fact this is the way offenses are being run and the, the less of an importance on running backs, let's face it, the rule changes favored two position players immensely 
don't hit the quarterback late, don't hit them low, and really cracking down on the the pass interference and contact like you know, from the football you and I grew up watching. I feel like now you touch a guy or you know do an old soccer flop and you're going to get pass interference. So you can't be as physical when you're a defensive back or a safety like you could back in the day. So who's that benefit? Wide receivers. And, you know, some people mock it. I, I don't have a problem with it. I get in the big picture, you know, we got to prevent injuries and concussions and so forth, but you know, the detractors call it flag football and what's flag football. It's a lot of throwing. That for sure it is, but we'll see what the wide receiver position lays out. So I mentioned Jefferson. Obviously there's other great receivers. You mentioned Jamar chase, uh, DeMar Chase is just absolutely sensational for Cincinnati. He just does this, you know, he's somebody that I think if Jefferson falls a little bit could be at the top of the spot right there for you. So many other great receivers who stands out to you as far as wide receivers at the very top of your list for your upcoming draft. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy for me would be Chase. If I can't get Jefferson, I can't get Cup. I, I think you got to go all out to get Jamar Chase. Um, another guy who at some point is going to hit a huge payday. Burrow loves throwing to him. The guy just puts up numbers. So, I mean, that's that's my other favorite other than those big two. If you want to go a little deeper, like you had mentioned earlier with uh, kind of the sleeper pick, and again, this is my version of a sleeper, uh, just someone that might fall through the cracks, but – people know about him that's Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions I've had him in the past he had a nice year last year I think he's only going to get better develop the rapport with Jared Goff and let's face it what a great story what a great story I mean guy what what do you say 31 receivers I forget how many it was were drafted ahead of him 20 whatever the number was and how he cried on draft day they set up this party and he wasn't picked on day one and he's remembered all those guys that have been picked ahead of him so this, this is a man on a mission and then, too, with Jamison Williams, the uh, highly touted receiver out of Alabama, being suspended for gambling, I think that's only going to benefit St. Brown's production in the first six weeks. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in fact, that he comes from a place that I'm so fond of in University of Southern California. I saw him play firsthand. I thought he was a first-round talent. And to go so far down and, and, and now getting to, like you said, he's getting a line to be paid a whole lot of money if he stays healthy i'm looking forward to seeing if he can do just that we'll be right back with more fantasy football if you're in the las vegas and henderson areas and are looking to buy sell or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles there's no better place to go than retro city games from xbox to playstation nintendo to atari The great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Once again, it is... Chris Sardieri from the Domination Sports Nation. Go ahead and check him out today, right there for you, wherever you get your podcasts at the Domination Sports Nation. Him and his son, Dominic Lardieri, go ahead and cover the sports world like no other. So go ahead and check him out today at the Domination Sports Nation. It is the 2023 Fantasy Football Special. It is Gerald Glassford also here. Of course, you can catch me at the Pop Culture Cosmos, wherever you get your podcasts, twice a week. 
where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. And of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We have several shows a week that cover the Lakers and the NBA. We're currently doing a ton of NBA team previews. We've got some waiting for you on the Eastern Conference. You want to go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I do want to go ahead and mention, though, my friend, when it comes to what we're seeing, we always forget the tight ends. I understand a lot of people are saying it's Travis Kelsey and everyone else. Is it Travis Kelsey and everyone else still at fantasy football? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you know, of course I'm biased. I, I think it's worth keeping an eye on Darren Waller, but let's not forget about George Kittle. I mean, when he's healthy, he puts up monster numbers. And I think uh, Brock Purdy provided he's healthy as well. Seemed to uh, develop a nice rapport with him last year. So I mean, you, you've got guys like that that you can't overlook. Um, I just don't think there's that. There's a drop-off after Kelsey, but it's not as big as the experts tend to make it out to be. Okay, because they always – I've heard the word chasm. I've heard <laughs> the word when, – when the word chasm pops up, that tells you that they think there's a deep drop-off. They treat Kelsey more like he's a wide receiver with those kind of numbers as opposed to the – you know being a relatively related or relating to the rest of the tight end crew that, that you could go ahead and, and draft from some people actually specifically target him in their first three rounds. So they don't have to worry about a tight end. Is that something that people need to consider in for their fantasy football draft? In that respect, I do agree. I feel like Kelsey's a wide receiver. And if you're in a league where you've got that tight end spot, as opposed to making it some sort of like adjustable flex where it could be wide receiver tight end, um, then yeah, you should go grab him in the first three rounds. But um, while I like Kelsey, if he's not available for me, I don't lose sleep over it. There are other guys that are out there. I mean, um, I've been on the Kyle Pitts bandwagon one of these years. I hope it pays off. But you look at a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who got traded in the middle of the season from the Lions to the Vikings and Cousins managed to find him down the stretch for touchdown. So I think he's got upside too. So there are guys like that out there. They're not that elite tier one Kelsey, but they're going to put up more numbers than your average run of the mill fantasy tight end. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure because again, you know, as it keeps on talking about, and I see it as far as in pre-rankings from all over the place, as far as whoever has their top 100 to 200 fantasy football players, Kelsey is usually the only one in that upper stratosphere as far as tight ends concerned. So I just wanted to make sure and give some, some people out there some pause before they have to commit to Travis Kelsey, unless they really feel the way that their drafts falling to him, that they have to go ahead and pick him up now to commit to a tight end. That's going to produce for them long-term. Yeah. I mean, again, if you want him, you better grab him early. If not, I'm not going to cry if I get Mark Andrews from the Ravens because Lamar Jackson's back and he likes them. There you go. Absolutely. So that's another individual that I want to talk to you about is Lamar Jackson, who we had at this time last year at that top level. Uh, you know, as far as what he can do, what he is, he was actually playing at an MVP level for a great portion of the season. Your thoughts on what he can do. I think he can come back and have an outstanding season. Your thoughts on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I definitely agree. He, he could be a Jalen Hurts type player. The, the worry with him now with the contract situation out of the way is just staying healthy. So if you do take him, 
don't think, all right, I'm an autopilot. I don't even need a backup quarterback. I'll just, you know, wait and fill that roster spot one of these weeks down the road. Um, you better get yourself a serviceable backup. Not that I know how to predict injuries or anything, but the the history is what it is. And, um, you know, a guy like that who runs a lot can be prone to injury. But uh, I do feel, too, that he's probably been devalued some. And uh, I don't want to say underrated, but people forgot how great he was last year at the beginning. That's true. But the thing is with him, it's not just about his health, but also the array or lack thereof of receivers that he has. You talked about Mark Andrews being his favorite option. It's usually by necessities because the wide receivers for the most part have been underperforming to say the least. Yeah. I know he's got OBJ, but let's face it. He's coming off an ACL didn't play last year. Uh, he's not a wide receiver one like he was in his heyday, but uh, at least they've got him something. It's it's better than what they've had, but I agree with you. It's, it's not the greatest class of receivers. And that's the thing. Until they get him something where he can go ahead and have some options on the wings that are consistent and healthy and actually get defenses scared and actually can produce, it's going to be tough to put him with the other three guys. But I think that you know, if anybody out of the you know, number of quarterbacks – that can compete. Burrow, you know, if he is healthy, come to start of the season is obviously an option as well. But I think Lamar Jackson, if anybody can break into that top three in quarterbacks this year, I think it still can be him. Although you like Trevor Lawrence, and that's not a bad deal as well. Yeah, but I mean, uh, is Lawrence a top three? I don't know. I mean, I think he can he can make the move upward into the single digit rankings. But uh, I do feel Jackson's got that upside thanks to his running ability. Absolutely. So I ask you, my friend, it comes down to it. It's here. These teams, these owners will be starting to go ahead and formulate their strategy. And again, as we had in the chat, some people were looking and thinking about doing their first fantasy football league. Uh, The advice, again, is I'd go for a free league. Somebody tries to con you into a pay league at work. I don't think that's going to be working out very much for you because, again, a lot of these leagues that you go into have a lot of savvy owners that like to feast on the one-and-done team owners that are out there. Just go ahead, play for free, play for fun, get to know it, get to learn it, and see if you like it and enjoy it before you go ahead and commit to something larger. But when it comes to the draft itself, my friend, Mm -hmm. you and I have very different strategies on what we go ahead and do. Uh, We've been on the show, we admit it, but we both have found success, great success. Even last year, you said with the struggles, you still found success last year. You and I were both in the playoffs. And at one time, we thought we might meet each other in the championship game. (laughs) So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. You know, as, as guys who have won leagues before, you probably won more than I have, but I... I've won a couple leagues over the years myself in the, in the times I play it, but I usually, I usually play pretty well. I usually finish pretty well for the most part. You're, you know, as long as I don't get a myriad of injuries, that's like every other team owner out there, but your thoughts on devising a strategy and coaching them to see what they can do to go ahead and have a successful season out there. So you've got to have rankings. I don't endorse any particular one. I tend to hop around from year to year. My advice is don't have too many rankings. I mean, have one, have it sorted by players. Make sure if you're in a PPR league that you select the right one, whether it's half point or one point, um, those will affect the rankings that you're looking at as well. 
And then two, if you like it, maybe a top 150 overall. I, I feel like those help in the earlier rounds where you say, hey, this guy fell, I'm getting some value taking someone ranked 12th uh, in the third round. So after that, that's just more of a thing to scratch off guys are like, all right, I need a, uh, I need a kicker. I need a, uh, a fourth running back. Who can I take a flyer on? So make sure you have that. Uh, for me, I'm not beholden to those rankings. I use them as kind of a guide. I try and watch football, read about it, look at guys who I think had good years or might have even more production from year to year or on teams with favorable, I don't want to say matchups, but you know, in the case of Trevor Lawrence, for instance, uh, I think the Jags, all things being equal, are poised to have another big year. Same thing with the Eagles. So there may be guys you want from those teams. And then I think you need to take kind of this 30,000 feet view and look at your draft board and whether you write it down or track it on Yahoo or ESPN, if you're doing an online draft, make sure you're not stacking up on one of you know, one particular position too much. I'm not going to advocate that you take four wide receivers in the first round. Uh, sometimes you need to take into account bye weeks. I don't think it's the end all be all, but you know, if your uh, top two running backs both have the same bye week, then you better account for that later on in the draft. So those sorts of things, you know, you want to fill in the early rounds, you want to get the best players, but then you want a well-rounded roster as the draft goes on. And then two kickers and defenses. I've seen defenses taken way too early over the years. And yeah, there've been some great teams that put up points on defense, but if you were to look at like, you know, the top two scoring defensive teams in fantasy versus like the eighth or 10th, I don't think the spread is as wide as people make it out to be. Um, Me personally, I feel like I flip defenses a lot through the year. So don't waste a uh, valuable middle round pick on a defense and especially not a kicker. Before we head on out, it's time for you to give the hard pitch, my friend, why people need to check out you and your awesome son, Dom, for the Domination Sports Nation. Well, you know, we started this podcast during the pandemic. Dom, my son, who's now in high school, came to me and said, Dad, can we do a podcast? And you asked Gerald, and uh, thankfully he obliged and taught us the tricks of the trade, and we've been doing a show ever since. We kind of... uh, lack of a better term i'm the old fart and he's the young gen zer and we give our perspective on sports been on a bit of hiatus as dom's been busy this summer with uh taking a class and football practice but we're gonna get started up again nfl season will bring dom back out of retirement and soon enough he'll be appearing here with us on inside sports fantasy football but if you want a show with uh two different perspectives gen x and gen z just the dad and his son talking sports and being frank i mean we had gerald on over the summer to go over the NBA and the finals and enjoyed the heck out of it. So we'll, uh, we'll yeah, definitely. And we, we talk anything and everything, but Dom does like coming on here to talk his fantasy football and he puts me to shame at times. So by all means, look for us wherever you find podcasts is Dom dash in Asian sports nation. You can follow me on threads or Twitter at Chris L sports you Can follow the show on Instagram at domination sports nation. And for us here, it's isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. You want to send us your possible trade scenarios, lineup questions, anything relating to fantasy football, hit us up there. Or Inside Sports FF on Twitter slash X, whatever it's going to be today. We're on threads, Inside Sports FF as well. In Instagram, you can go ahead and send us there. But probably the best place to get us is either on here below on the Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube or isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. So for Chris Ardieri from the Domination Sports Nation, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos and inside sports fantasy football.
truly want to thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. And good luck in your fantasy leagues. And we'll see you next week on Inside Sports Fantasy Football.